everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of In Media's Mess, where two pop culture nerds try to make sense of the messy world of mass media. I'm Alanis. And I'm Clea. And we're glad to have you along. So Clea and I are both in the awkward in-between of not quite millennial, but not quite Gen Z. And that basically means that while we've had a childhood without the internet, a lot of our formative years were actually spent online. So we thought it might be a good idea to unpack that experience and talk about how we grew up with the internet. This could either be a very good episode or a precursor to a therapy session. Stay tuned. It really is, though. It really is. (laughs) It's all the existential crisis of feeling super old. Right. But we're not actually that old. Yeah. Like, I know we make fun of ourselves, but I feel like sometimes I need to remind our friends, guys, me time pa. <laughs> like, mid-twenties is not... Mid-twenties <laughs> is nowhere near old, you guys. We're older than we used to be, pero hindi pa tayo mamamatay. Alam mo yun? So... <laughs> Well, you never know. But if you think about that, we're not even sex in the city age yet. Let's chill out a bit. We are really in the age where we're just kind of slogging through it. Right. Like with no plans, Uh no benefits to being this age. It's really just like, yep, we just have to go through life. I think a part of the reason why we kind of are reminded of how much time has passed is because technology changes so rapidly. Mm -hmm. So like when people don't understand things that just seemed like four or five years ago, you're kind of like, oh my God, what? Right, right, yeah. (laughs) I shouldn't be this old. (laughs) You feel it a lot on social media. It's just the development and like the changes are so stark. Yeah. And it happens so quickly that... We are literally in our mid-twenties and we feel old because of stuff like TikTok. You know, like, it's just so funny that, like, the internet and social media can really make you feel old just because it keeps evolving. Yeah, and I think it's really the fast pace of it. And that's on top of the, like, slight reluctance of shedding our youth completely and doing it in the environment that we have now where all of our social structures are basically falling apart and no none of us know what's actually happening right do you remember how annoying it used to be when our parents would say stuff like dati tumatawag lang kami sa landline tapos dial up yung internet kaya ang hirap and you're kind of like okay mom <laughs> and then now you catch yourself saying the same things Right. And you're like, wait lang, sorry ah. Sinapian ako ng mga lola ko for a second. <laughs> and the funny thing is, in the grand scheme of things, like the stuff that we're referencing isn't actually that old. When like our titas and our moms are like, oh, dati dial up lang yung internet. For us and our younger friends, it's just like, do you remember Vine? Yeah, oh my God, I still remember the day Vine shut down. But now we have TikTok, which also just proves that things go around in circles sometimes, you know, like video killed, the radio star, etc., etc. 
It's just that how people use it can change sometimes. Like the influence, for example, of TikTok in the music industry nowadays still gets me. TikTok is wild. Do you have a TikTok? I don't have a TikTok. Same, I don't. But it's not because I think I'm better or whatever. And I'm not like refusing to download it. It's just that, you know, I'm already on way too many social media sites. And I'm not working on things that need me to be on TikTok. So I'm okay. Right. For me, I just decided not to download it because the TikToks that kind of go viral end up on Twitter and Instagram anyway. That's also true. And I also have my sister who's on TikTok. And she used to be the one who was so arte about it also. Not even me, who's older. But then now she's on it every day. I feel like that's because TikTok has sort of made its way into like the staple social media of like teenagers and young people today. Mm-hmm. Well, and obviously for us, um, well, at least the two of us don't really feel the need for it. Yeah. But I do want to ask, like, what were your first like touch points with social media? Like, what were the first sites that you went on? There's so many, Cleo. <laughs> I really, like, went through everything. I'm trying to think of which one was the first. Right. I think probably Friendster. Mm. Oh my god, no one's gonna know what Friendster <laughs> was. Um, but yeah, probably Friendster. I feel like it was the precursor to Facebook. And in the context of the Philippines was the counterpart to MySpace, which I also joined too, not gonna lie. I made an AOL for that. But if we're talking social media in the sense of talking to friends and posting pictures, Friendster was the first. Friendster did used to be such a giant thing. But the thing is, I actually was very much like a late bloomer in the social media game. Right. I did not have a Friendster, like, at all. I had a Multiply, which my sister made for me. And, like, honestly, I barely even touched it. I got a Facebook, I think, the first year of high school. And then an Instagram the last year of high school. Oh, wait! No, first year of high school for Facebook is kind of late, Cleo. Yeah, it really was. Like, I did not use social media back then. And actually, I just got a Facebook because our class president at the time, Pat, she messaged and she was just like, I need to make a group. You need to be on Facebook. So just make one right now. Yeah, it's schoolwork stuff, no? That really kickstarted in high school when Facebook rolled out the groups feature. Yeah. And everything happened on those Facebook groups. Reviewers, homework, preparing for school events, all of that. Part of me doesn't even think of Facebook as a social media site. It just is like one of those websites that I need for work or for school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now it's usually when you need the reach of Facebook for work and or for the memes. But the transition from Friendster to Facebook was interesting because I think Friendster was grade school, like grade three. I think, yeah, grade four, grade five was when it sort of blew up, right? Honestly, who allowed 12-year-olds on the internet? <laughs> um, but anyway, it was fun because it was so personalized. Right, yeah. Like, I used to put glitter banners and listed down everything I listened to and watched on my profile. And then we all collectively moved to Multiply when social media became a lot more about blogging. And Multiply was both personalized and deeply personal. Like, you changed everything about your profile and, like, your blog. And then you talked about so many, like, personal things. Right, yeah. And I did use Multiply a lot also. No, but didn't you use it to, like, store photos also? Yeah, photos of myself. (laughs) (laughs) It was just 
on like photo booth pictures. Valid, valid. Though to be fair, that was just the thing to do. No, yeah, I mean, listen, it's the same way that people are doing TikTok dances. Like people were just posting photo booth pictures on Multiply. It was a thing. Yeah, and this was the time when adults kept going on and on about us being a selfie generation and that we're being super vain and self-absorbed and too in love with ourselves. Right, yeah. And then despite all the old people, we started taking more selfies. Yeah, and now it's more commonplace because I think when we transitioned to Facebook and Instagram, you know, having a lot of pictures of your life and yourself was just a regular thing. I mean, we've made jobs out of it now. But yeah, that's where we still are now. And to be honest, as much as I went through all of those social networking trends and websites, like you, Clay, I was just a tad bit late, especially with Instagram. I think I used that in university long. But Facebook kasi was huge in terms of getting to communicate with friends. But I'm trying to remember, since you joined late, Clea, how did you talk to people before joining Facebook? Yahoo Messenger. Oh, shit! I forgot <laughs> about that! You're so right. You know, I used to save Yahoo Messenger archives on Word documents. Oh my gosh. Like, I would copy the entire thing. But thank God I lost those files. Can you imagine? Yeah. The fun thing about keeping archives is that it's cute and sentimental for like the first like three years. And then after that, everything is just really cringe. Yeah. So cringe. I do not want to read those ever again. I hope they're lost forever. What I did appreciate, though, with Yahoo Messenger was that you could edit um, the font. Fonts and the colors. Yeah, so when you're super angry, you can make the font bigger. Like big and red and bold. <laughs> you can be like, stop annoying me. People would post like really weird quotes as their statuses. <laughs> It's true. I used to post a lot of music. Which isn't all that different from how I use social media now. Right, yeah. Same. But yeah, yung mga parang hashtag now playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then like yung mga, like yung mga status parinigan. Yeah, oh my god. It was subtweeting before subtweeting was a thing. It's all coming back to me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, sorry. I just wanted to ask because I think that was really the biggest thing that Facebook functioned as for me. It was communicating with friends because I wasn't big on texting. I wasn't too big on phones either. I've gone through a very interesting evolution in how dependent I am on the internet and technology now because I really started late. But the site that really kick-started my love for the internet and like how much I live on it was the site that I got even before Facebook actually which was Tumblr yeah um I joined Tumblr I think in 2009 or 2010 and I basically lived on this site I have like my old one I never deleted it I remember probably like two years ago just like logging back in it really did document like all of the phases of my life Which is so funny. It's just like, wow, it has been through like literally everything I have been through. And it's just so fun to kind of like look through it. I have no idea if people don't know what Tumblr is. I know that like the image of Tumblr has sort of evolved these days. But like back then, it really was just a blogging network for you to just like scream about your interests. Yeah, I feel that. I think for me, while same, I do think 
that Tumblr documented so many of my interests, I think it also really allowed me to discover those interests. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I really did go through so many social networking sites. I mentioned a while ago that I went on MySpace and I discovered so many artists and musicians through that. Shout out Katy Perry and The Rocket to the Moon. I was on (laughs) Quizilla and Multiply and Miba and Fiction Press and LiveJournal, which helped maybe shape quite a bit of my future opinions and preferences. But unlike all of those, Tumblr wasn't necessarily specialized for one particular thing. Mm. It had the most variety and probably was the easiest to use and the community was super easy to get into. So I think that's why it eventually took up most of my social media use and was the one that stuck. I do think that's the same for a lot of people in our generation. I think it defined maybe a significant part of it. Yes, yeah. Although, you know, admittedly, the middle to upper class part of it, like it's definitely a burgess thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. A bit Americanized, maybe. Very, um, very the neo-colonial bit. Yeah, the liberal part <laughs> of our lives. Um, yeah, but then I do think it defined a lot of our interests mm-hmm. because I consider Tumblr a tastemaker, I think. Mm, okay, yeah. I can see that, definitely. Or like an interest black hole. Because the reblogging and your friends reblogging was really what gets to you. So you just keep scrolling and scrolling. Yes. And, you know, the explore tags make it super easy to find new things. Plus, subcultures and niche communities were able to really thrive on there also and become a lot more mainstream. Very, very true. Looking back, I remember so many shows and artists that I got into because I saw them on Tumblr, including... Sherlock and Doctor Who. Yeah, I was gonna say. (laughs) Sherlock is just like, it was a fun time and everything. But like Doctor Who was like a massive part of my teenage years. And that was because I found a GIF set of David Tennant as Doctor Who, like as as the doctor on Tumblr. And I was like, oh, what's this? And then I started it from there. So like you said, niche communities and sort of like subculture interests really thrive on Tumblr. And I felt that very much because so many of my interests and hobbies and stuff that not a lot of people in, you know, my real life circle had, I found the space to sort of talk about with people on Tumblr. And that was like, I think the most fun part of like the experience. Yeah, same. I think for me that manifested more in my prolonged period drama phase. Honestly, I had no business watching any of these things. At what, 13, 14? They were so explicit. (laughs) But alas, Tumblr. I actually remember having like a really long conversation with someone on Tumblr about a German indie film, which I also found on Tumblr. Mm. So essentially, I just liked it so much that I made a text post and said, hey, please talk to me about this film. And then someone just replied and we had a really long, really fun conversation. Yeah, and I think that was relatively easy to do because of the tags. Yeah. There are several features of Tumblr that I really liked and the tagging system was one of my favorites, for sure. The tagging system is so good, like ahead of its time, really. 
I mean, obviously, that's already in many other websites now, but I did love it in Tumblr, particularly because it's functional, but also sometimes it's a whole blog in itself already. Comment section, yeah. Yeah, because you're commenting on your post. It's fun, and it was just really interesting. I think as a media student, you can probably think about that in an academic sense, too. Honestly, the behaviors of like Tumblr users, I'm sure, is such an interesting thing to look into. There's a lot to unpack, really, from the community and how we used it. I feel like Tumblr really was the space where I, as a teenager, learned about internet etiquette. Because mm. here's the thing. When you're new to the internet, you make a bunch of stupid mistakes. Because like you don't fully understand or realize that other people can see what you're doing. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time on Tumblr really learning what you should and shouldn't do on the internet. And why you should be careful. Because... There were really people like on Tumblr discussing why internet safety is such an important thing. And I thought that like, especially as a young person, Tumblr was such a great resource for that kind of thing. I was actually also going to ask you how personal your Tumblr got. Um, Listen, as a, how old was I? Like 13, 14 year old child, I overshared like quite a bit on Tumblr. I never got as far as posting my location and my full name or anything. Oh, yeah. But I had like a main Tumblr that was basically just like interest stuff. And then I had a writing Tumblr um, that was like blog posts and kind of like journals. Except like I was aware that this was on the internet. So it didn't get crazy intimate. Like it didn't get like crazy private. But I mean, I talk about... Stuff that happened in school, talk about my friends and my family and all of that stuff. I usually would refer to people by like first letters, like initials. Mm, Okay. Because in my head, I'm just like, it would be very weird for them to see it and then just like read it. But also I was kind of like, I don't know if I should be giving my circles names out on the internet, you know? Yeah, I get that. The reason I ask is because like you, I go back to Tumblr from time to time and I find that I used to be a lot more open about life and emotions. I used to be more emotional on Tumblr probably mm. because it was a tumultuous right. time <laughs> as a teenager. I mean, we were angsty teens, it's fine. No, yeah, so it's the same for me. I definitely had the same oversharing problem and even though you knew this was on the internet because you can't really wrap your head around what that means yet you kind of told the line between what you can and can't post in the beginning i think unlike you i don't think i really censored any first names so there's really a lot of mistakes on there what i found really funny going back is how sometimes you would essentially talk to your friends by reblogging. These are things that are better off done in an actual messaging site. On Yahoo Messenger. <laughs> yeah, parang mare, bakit tayo dito nag-uusap? Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, eventually the culture went from talking about your life to just reblogging a lot and not for anything super personal anymore. And so... I do agree that Tumblr helped me think and learn about internet etiquette a lot more than any other site. Since the culture changed, it made me think about my initial use of it. Plus, I found more internet friends on Tumblr, so I think that helped me think about those boundaries a lot. And, you know, this is... I just have to put it out there. I think internet friends are great. Oh yeah, for sure. Fun fact, I actually went to a Tumblr meetup 
I think I was like 16 at the time. I'm not entirely sure. It was a very safe place. It was like in the middle of BGC. So I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like some sketchy hotel function room or something. I mean, again, the middle class kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, as in, this was very Burgess. I, I'm, I can admit that. But I did go to a Tumblr meetup and I'm still friends with the people that I met. We're not here to be like, oh, be careful with your information. Don't talk to people. Like, Jesus Christ. It's fun. It's fine. As long as you're not stupid about it, I think it's okay. Yeah, definitely. Internet friends are totally valid. Those are real friendships. But I think eventually you learn to distinguish between internet friends that stay internet friends versus internet friends that become friends in real life. And I think discerning when your internet life crosses into your real life and navigating the boundaries of that. Those are important things to learn. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so I think that's what Tumblr really gave me, apart from a hell of a lot of texture packs. Mm. Thank you. Oh my God, the resource packs from the editing days. You know, I still have bookmarks on my current laptop of like fonts from Tumblr, and it's so good. It's the best. It's such a creative place, Tumblr, I think. It is, it is. And I think just us still having remnants of the things we discovered from Tumblr shows how much influence it had on our formative years. And I don't think Tumblr was necessarily a bad thing for me, though obviously because there were plenty of different kinds of people on Tumblr. I'm sure there's a whole spectrum of experiences on it and a lot of people's experiences might be different. But maybe for us, it's also just that We tapered off of Tumblr at a good time. Right, yeah, yeah. After getting our resource packs and maybe finding out the aesthetic that we might like. And after our favorite books and TV shows ended, we just naturally moved on. Not to mention, we also had to do a lot of living since our peak Tumblr days, you know. So our coping mechanisms have changed and how we use the internet has changed like we don't need to use tumblr as our internet soundboard or journal anymore yes i mean i know people who are still on tumblr like i still kind of check in every now and then yeah same same i just think it stopped being the regular consuming thing of our social media rotation maybe i think we found it at a good time actually like that you know our formative years on the internet were spent on tumblr which i really would argue is a fairly safe place and that we learned a lot of how to internet on Tumblr, which is super helpful. I do want to ask though, there are usually like two ways to use Tumblr. At least there were like back in the day. Mm. So I wanted to ask like how you were with it because either it was your shout into the void place where you just released everything and it wasn't a particularly like communal experience. Yeah. Or it was like a community seeking place where you kind of like sought out people to talk about things with? The short answer is it was a shot into the void place for me, but that's also how I operate with social media in general anyway, even until now. Mm -hmm. It's very stream of consciousness for me. So how I do social media is in line with how I dress up in real life. Like it's more for me than anyone else. (laughs) There are exceptions, of course, but that's how I operate maybe 75 to 85% of the time. And so even when I'm using it in a more fandom sense, like fandom tumblers or stan Twitter now, I'm not fully involved in the fandom. Mm, I definitely look into what's happening or what the latest discourse of the fandom is and stuff like that. And since I am an opinionated person, I do often have things to say about it. 
but it's a very outside looking in type of thing i think i tend not to invite or seek out interaction necessarily if it happens and it's nice then yay that's cool but if not then that's fine too i try not to be antagonistic anyway so yeah i think that's just my general i don't know disposition about social media but i think also particular to tumblr for me it functioned more as an online journal talaga mm. for better or for worse tumblr kasi was more introspective for me and was really a virtual journal type thing than anything else i feel like i used it as a mix of both like you i wasn't the most involved in fandoms like i still am not right but there were certain interests that i felt like i wanted to sort of find the community for in particular sports right because as a as a sports fan in the philippines sometimes if it's not basketball you can't talk about it the resources are scarce man yeah so especially for the um for the sports that aren't so mainstream here it was very difficult to kind of find anyone to talk to about it also like tumblr during the world cup is so fun oh that's true that's true Okay, yeah. Football is my longest sports fandom and like every time that like my Tumblr goes into football mode, it's always like really funny. I get so many people just being like, "What the fuck are you posting?" But it's so fun to connect with like fans from elsewhere. They're also just like, "I have no one to talk to about this here." So, okay, let's be friends while the World Cup is happening. So that one and also like Broadway like theater that was like a very big like fun community that i became part of on tumblr and so you know for like certain interests it's great because you really find the people that you know are interested also and like that you can talk to but i do agree it's very introspective a lot of it is very inward it's like you're you're taking in a lot of information you're reading things you're shouting about your interests without necessarily looking for someone to talk to about it I like that you said inward because I feel like for a lot of people now social media feels very outward. Right, projected. Yeah, which isn't bad of course. I just feel like it's a lot more amplified now. Right, yeah. But I also do think that there are levels to that because there are certain times and phases in your life when you care much less about that both in real life and on the internet and that's kind of something i wanted to talk about also because i realized growing up that people use the internet wildly differently yes absolutely people have very different preferences people have very different reasons for doing certain things yeah and that's kind of like why i get um curious mm-hmm. when people say that oh this action means this thing And I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that is arbitrary because the meanings you attach to certain actions aren't universal. Right. And even with like the similar motivations, manifestations of how you do it on the internet are very different. You know, yeah. you could both be coming from like the same place and wanting to do the same thing, but you post wildly different things also. Yeah. I remember the first time I clearly felt that was when someone asked me about how I use emojis because I used to just use the plain standard smiling emoji right because right before you had to memorize what the um, the codes yeah and I could not be bothered to memorize any of those so I just used the easiest one which is the smiling one and I used it all the time 
And I remember someone asked me if I was angry because I was using the smiling emoji. And I was like, no, <laughs> it's smiling. <laughs> I was so confused. But yeah, when I have no idea when the smiley, like the plain smiley suddenly became like the poster emoji for passive aggression when it's literally just a smiling face, you guys. Same. So I really was just confused. Like, I don't mind that you use it that way, but that doesn't mean that I do, you know? Right, exactly. Stuff like that, I was like, why do people attach so much meaning to these things? For me, I used to post a lot of lyrics. And that's usually because I'm listening to a song and I really like the lyrics. I feel you. Um, And then people would assume and ask, are you okay? Yeah, no, I remember someone messaged me. And they were like, you've been posting a lot of song lyrics lately. Are you all right? Do you need someone to talk to? And I'm like, no. Why would I? What? I was so confused. And they were just like, oh, no, usually, you know, like Parinigan. It's just like, yeah. alam mo yun, it's just like the songs you've been listening to. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I just really like the songs that I've been listening to enough to share the lyrics. Same. Oh, my God. Can't count how many times that has happened to me. (laughs) And I'm not saying I don't appreciate people checking up on me, by the way. Thanks for the concern, Ganon. It's just kind of like, do you not know me enough? But this is also not like gatekeeping the internet. I'm not saying, bawal magparinig. Do whatever you want. Yeah, if I mean, if that's your thing, go. But because I didn't have that intention, I find it a little strange. It's funny that people interpret it that way. And... Yun nga, you do certain things because of different reasons and people interpret it in different ways right. because of like whatever is going on with their lives. Their reasons, yeah. And their reasons. So yeah, I think we're just better off knowing that social media is different for all of us, but that's definitely a thought that I had to learn and um, internalize. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. Like, I think safety on the internet is a very important thing. And I understand, like, a lot of the older people who keep reminding kids, especially minors, like, how to use the internet. Because, listen, you guys, if anyone, like, below 18 is listening to this, as much as you think that you know what you're doing, sometimes you can be sort of stupid on the internet. It's all of us. It's not just the kids. Like, even up till now, I'm just, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, that's not something I should I should put up online. Yeah. That's fine. Those are things that happen. So I think safety is like such a big thing. But I don't think the safety element needs to go as far as like policing how to specifically use the internet. You know, yeah. if you want to put your name, like your nickname, whatever first name you have somewhere, then okay, sure. If like you want to talk about your life on the internet, okay, There are certain things that you need to like remember and certain like information that really you need to keep private. But like if you want to share your feelings, if you want to talk to people, like go ahead as long as you're being smart about it. Yeah, policing specific things on the internet is weird to me. I think if you're older, especially in communities online, why would you want to fight teenagers unnecessarily? Just let them be. They'll figure it out eventually. If you're younger, people are allowed to have hobbies and things that they like, whatever age they are. And, you know, for everyone, hopefully, let's just all be careful about what behaviors we adopt on the internet. 
also on a more general note, yes, of course, always remind each other to be safer and to be careful on the internet. But I think, you know, the overarching sentiment is just, walang basagan ng trip, you guys. Especially if there's things that aren't really harming anyone. Yeah. If someone likes posting pictures of themselves all the time, why not let them do that? That's what they want to do. I have to say, I really don't understand the people who are so offended by people who keep posting selfies. I'm like, it's not your face. Just let them do what they want to do. Tinatawag nilang gandang-ganda sa sarili. Parang... Oo, bes. Gandang-ganda siya sa sarili niya. Bakit? Masama ba? Hindi ba pwede? <laughs> Same. It's like, masamang mataas yung self-esteem niya. Girl, hayaan mo lang. I feel like sometimes you really just need to like take a step back and think, okay, am I projecting onto this person? You know? <laughs> Very true. Yeah. And this isn't something we're exempt from, by the way. Yeah, like, for you sure. know, We remind ourselves, we remind each other all the time. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, hey, dude, like, that may be how you use the internet, but that's not how everyone else does. So it's okay. Yeah, yun talaga. Let's not police our social media use. We already know institutions already do enough of that. So can we please not do it to each other? And medyo silang plaka na sabihin, but... Social media really isn't everything. What you see is what people allow you to see. And I just hope that we end up allowing people to see kindness towards ourselves and towards other people. As long as we're not putting ourselves in danger and putting other people in danger and we're not starting fights over things that don't matter, then do you. Also at the risk of sounding too much like a lame adult, I hope we also keep in mind that As much as there are great, great, great people on the internet, there are also insidious people on the internet and insidious companies and insidious groups of people. So always be safe. Um, I took a digital communications class in college and my professor basically said something like, you know your invention is a good one if people can use it for bad things. And I feel like that's such a good summary of what the internet is. Yeah, like that's basically the internet for sure. Yeah, it's such a great place. It's such a great place to like learn things, to talk to people, to like explore and do whatever you want. But just understand that whatever you put on the internet is on the internet. People can see it and there are quite a number of people on the internet with bad intentions. So please be careful. Yeah, and let's protect each other too. I know that might have sounded like super, super old, but I hope it didn't sound too alarmist either. That's really not our intention. We just want everyone to have a safe space everywhere, both online and offline, you know? I really don't want to be one of those old people that are mad at kids for just being kids. (laughs) Really, one of my biggest fears about growing up. <laughs> growing up. Um, but yeah, my biggest fear is to be like one of those old people that would keep shaming the younger kids. Yes, yes, for yes. For whatever they're doing and for like the trends and like the way that they use technology and the way that they interact with society. That's really my biggest fear because I never want to be that person and I never want to be that kind of adult. So yeah, I think it's good to remind ourselves to be open about new things and open to progress, but also be accepting about how time passes. 
we get old, generations turn over. And as much as we can and should learn and enjoy what we can during our time, kids are also doing the same with theirs. Yeah, you know, we've mentioned TikTok and how we don't have it. But if you have seen the news, if you've seen like literally anything from the past year, you know how much fun and important information is being shared on TikTok. Like there are so many great applications of new content and new technologies and it's very easy to kind of like finger wag and be like oh that's not how we did it and all of the, all of that stuff but yes it's not how you did it because it's not your time anymore yeah it's one of those things that everyone needs to remember it because everyone will eventually grow up yeah sadly <laughs> how you do things is fine but it's not always going to be the standard procedure so you always just have to be at least aware that, you know, progress is happening and things are changing and you don't have to, you know, go with it all the time. You can stick to certain things that work for you, Yeah. but don't shame the kids for doing things a different way. Yeah. And it's like, when did you ever respond positively to someone shaming you and being condescending to you as a kid? Let's be honest. Right. Yeah. And I have to say, I'm always amazed at how well-adjusted and proactive the younger generation can be, considering everything that's thrown their way in the last few years. Especially if you think about it in the Philippine context, Mm -hmm. K-12 and then the pandemic and, you know, all of the natural disasters that are just increasing over time. They've really been doing well and they're adapting to this weird, rapidly shifting time and really want to change things. Yeah, and honestly, as the older generation. I don't even know if we can call us that. Yeah, but I like, know. It's so weird, though. I don't know. But like, as the, as what is now considered like a young adult, um, and you know, as we age, I personally am of the belief that like, I would like to see the next generations be better than us. That's the whole yes. point of humanity. You know, yes. we're trying to be better as a species, you guys. So, let the kids grow and evolve and be better because that's what we should be doing yeah and i believe in making things better for other people right there's always gonna be you know that one person saying no we have to do it this way because we've always done it this way and i had a hard time so you should have a hard time too but that's never really been my automatic response same and i hope it never becomes my automatic response I think that, you know, if we can make things better, then that's what we should be doing. (laughs) I've always believed that if something makes life difficult for you, part of your responsibility is to make it easier for the people who come after. And let's all, you know, try to remember that, especially in this post-COVID chaotic world. All right. And on that note, this really did feel like a therapy session, didn't it? Yeah, it was therapy. But, you know, we've basically talked about our childhoods and unpacked a lot of things. And now we want to hear from you guys. So if you are within our general age range, what social media did you start with? Were you also Tumblr kids? How did you use the internet? And is it any different from how you use it today? If you are much younger than we are, Honestly, just let us know what's happening because we don't actually know anymore. What new things have you learned from TikTok? I don't know. I'm not a cool person. (laughs) We are clearly not the market for TikTok, are we? So we are going to be talking about this and a whole lot more at In Media's Mess on Twitter. So check us out there. And that's it this week. Yep. 
Thank you guys for spending time with us. We will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.